Hi, I'm Corey. Oh, and this this is Woody. Yep, that's how we start. This that's is the, the start of it. This, <laughs> and this is the ISOcast. Have you had a drink? I am having a drink. I'm having a beer. And uh, I'm having a little gin and tonic. Nice. I, I'm mm-hmm. having one of those kind of runs on sort of a Canadian staple. I am. Uh, I got a six pack uh, of Molson Dry. Oh, <laughs> I feel that's like, so nice. I know. I feel like I just went back to 1993 or something. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's it's delicious. It's a good lager. You know what's happening to me is. <laughs> this six month pandemic or whatever we're in feels like six years, but it's probably been six months. It's seven. Is it seven? Yeah. Okay. Is I've gone through the beer rotation. Okay. I've I got a, I know when we first started doing the show, we were all excited. We were drinking too much, and then we stopped. <laughs> yeah, and then we yeah, started we're all again. alcoholics. I know it was great. <laughs> and now I've gone through my my rotation of the beers I usually buy. You know, the Moosehead, the yeah. Sleeman, mm-hmm. the MGD. Right. And they don't excite me anymore. And I just, I, I just, it's not the novelty is worn off of the pandemic drinking. And so I don't what really need your to palate these anymore. days. Yeah, I'm on a gin and tonic little run now. Okay. Um, you know, a little vodka soda. Uh, so you, you're now on gin. You're like a ginner. Um, mm, ginner. <laughs> gin and tonic. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm trying it out, and then I'll, I'll switch again. I've done some vodka sodas. You know, I have I finished off a bottle of mezcal I had in the back of my my bar from a trip to Mexico a couple of years ago. So wow. okay. the beer, the beer doesn't, I, I think I've run out of, out of beer, the need for beer. I, I'll come back around again, but it just doesn't excite me right now. Yep. I feel it. I get it. I get it. I, you know, I'm trying to drink less, um, but I'm not. So whatever. <laughs> it's just kind of where I'm at these days. <laughs> Speaking of shoving things into orifices, I, you recently had that happen to you. I sure did. <laughs> sure <laughs> did earlier today. Today, today, are I'm you still? Uh, hold on, hold on. Are you under the impression that you may or may not have been exposed to the novel coronavirus? I'm not under that impression. Oh, I did go and get my first <laughs> COVID nineteen swab today, so another first on the show. None of this At is least... funny. I don't know why we're laughing about this. this is it not? Funny. <laughs> I don't know. Though it's it's just how it's talked about orifices sure. and shoving up and all of these things. Okay, that's my fault. Um, no, Wait. it's not though, because I have a. Uh, so <laughs> hold on. Partner, so mm-hmm. there, there's no there's no other way that I understand to effectively be tested in in Ontario or for m- the most part Canada, right? Then still that very obtrusive, um, right? Tickle your brain up your nose, right? So there's no way to describe it, and as far as I know, no, it's the only way. I've heard people talk or on the news; they're talking about a, a new and less intrusive test that they're coming out with but i don't think it's out yet so okay. now this this is it this is the only uh only game in town what's that all about I, what, like i need to know how that goes can you so you haven't you I, haven't experienced this no like i live in a green zone in quebec we have colors we'll talk about that later but okay yeah i have i've not yet needed to uh have this this done do you have the app the canadian the, yes the app? i have the I app too yeah okay so, if so for anyone who's not in canada they have no idea what we're talking about but that's, who isn't in yeah. Canada anyway, honestly, <laughs> but I, I think everyone kind of gets the idea. Like most, 
most countries, um, you know, with the exception of a handful, I think do have some sort of a tracing app, whether it's effective or adopted or, you know, used, I don't know, but I think, I think people of, you know, different countries of origin are aware. Of tracking. <laughs> of tracking. tracking. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't get a, a notification on the app. It didn't say I had to go get tested. I didn't go because I have any symptoms. I mm-hmm. just um, went because uh, there's a family member who is in long-term care and okay. we like to go visit. Oh. And to go visit, obviously you have to have a negative result yeah. within a two-week span. So oh. um, I haven't been to visit yet. And so this is, I'm planning to go visit. So I decided, hey, got to go get tested so that's straight up courteous of you and responsible that's the right thing to do i mean so, so <laughs> we, if we, how long do you anticipate is the the wait for your result they say one to three days okay so three so to five so maybe three yeah i mean my my partner is is a nurse and they fast track their results she always gets it within 12 hours oh um did you go to the same place that she goes to so she went we went together this morning that's and nice. It was a, it, I should have brought a book. It was about a two hour wait. Here it's three to four. Okay. I've, oh. heard, I've heard. Yeah. Okay. You could bring two books. So, I mean, it's hard to complain about that because it's a good thing to go and, and get done. And it's longer now because there's lots of kids in line and parents are bringing their kids in to get tested and it's all positive, sure. good stuff, but it just, you got to wait and that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, unpleasant unpleasant Not... <laughs> like it's, it's... <laughs> so standing for two hours there in line and it started to talk to to my girlfriend and ask because she she's done it i think five times now oh. um just being a medical professional just you know being careful and all that okay. kind of stuff yeah um so she gave me some advice and she gave me some descriptors wait there's advice um, like a... <laughs> mm-hmm. here's what to expect Basically, I like this. And then as she was reading these off, and I wrote them down, I'm going to read them here in a second. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd like this is uh, what I it's a different little segment I've prepared here. So I want you to tell me if you think this applies to the COVID test, to intercourse, or to a little bit of column A or a little bit of column B. <sighs> this calls for some theme music. Okay. So the first one is. Um, when you think it's over, it's not over. <laughs> I'm going to go COVID on that one. That's COVID. Okay. That COVID. okay. Uh, number two is don't sneeze. Mm. That's intercourse. I think it can be. It's, okay. This is both. I oh. say this is both. <laughs> what, how do you... I didn't know. Can you resist a sneeze? Like, I, okay, I know those people who sneeze very like in a very restricted fashion you know those folks they're like i do <laughs> but then it comes out bigger later doesn't it yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't know if it festers but there's that trick where you touch that whatever is between your your nose and your lip like that area of your mouth if you put pressure ho, on that ho, ho, ho. is that what they're doing in the movies like mm-hmm. like when they're being dainty, they're like <laughs> i'm going to is that a sneeze resistor? So, yeah. If you apply pressure with your finger backwards, so your nail basically pressing your lip there, as you're about to sneeze, in my experience, like nine times out of ten, I won't sneeze. I thought that this was like the universal signal for, I'm about to sneeze, everyone. Be prepared. <laughs> no, trying to to smuggle it. So they encourage you during the swab to 
resist the urge. So this is all descriptors from my girlfriend. This is what all she said. This did not come from anyone. Oh, okay. So this is from like her experiences. Okay. Cause I could see like a projectile shooting out of your nose. If you sneeze mid, you know, there was a a half a second where I thought maybe I was going to sneeze and you can't touch your face cause you got your mask and everything. And were you saying to yourself, don't sneeze, don't sneeze, don't sneeze. Cause I would have been that I would have been psyching myself out. I was worried that I was going to, and that's just not good for anybody. This poor lady who's doing this. Yeah. Well, she's got a face shield, but I mean, how much can that really block? Okay. Not when I sneeze, that's for nope. sure. <laughs> Carry on. So the the not so secret to this is all of these describe COVID, but as, as she was saying this to me, I thought this can apply to many other things as well. Uh, number three we'll go with is when you think it can't go in any further, it can. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, that's intercourse. Yes. Yeah. These yeah. are all double. A- there's all. There's, there's, yeah. B. I mean, it goes. I mean, there's there's areas. Um, but I mean, there's only so much nasal passage, right? Before you hit the that's back of the think. throat. That's what I feel like. This is something that's hard to describe. If you experience it, it feels like uh, number four on the list, which is having wasabi behind your eyeballs. Oh, no way! Like it burns. That's like it's a. It, it is like having wasabi in your in your brain. There's got to be a better way than this. This can't be the only way to do it. The plus side is it only lasts a few seconds, but that's that's what it felt like. She, they tell you this before. They say it's good. some people think it feels like water. Some people feel like it's wasabi. Some people don't feel anything. Some people, right. and this is not funny either. But as you're in line and you're waiting, and the people are coming out, basically like seven out of ten children came out like crying and yeah. screaming and of course you know, so this is traumatic it's gotta I mean, be but it's got yeah how do you prep a child like there's no daniel tiger episode to get a kid ready for for this though there should be <laughs> <laughs> there's your idea right um i think is that oh yeah and the last one is uh again this is very nice of her because she's just getting me ready because i had no, really had no idea other than you know, Twitter, which is mm. not a good source of information. No. Um, right immediately afterward, you'll feel like you have COVID, but that's normal. <laughs> I'm going to go with COVID on that one. Okay. So, okay. She was right because I was sneezing a little bit when I went outside. My eyes were watering. Right. You got stuff, you know, your nose is running because they're all up in there. Um, it's not... COVID is just a reaction of having whatever they have on, whatever that substance is on that. Oh, there's stuff on it. There must be. I I didn't look into it, but there's got to be. That's the spicy part. I thought that it just collected things. I didn't think that injected things as well. Like things went in with it. I I don't think they leave it in. No, I I mean, okay. (laughs) It's just on the swab itself. And then the swab is removed. Uh, Okay. So basically it's like a a Q-tip. Right. uh, A longer Q-tip and it goes up. And you look at the ceiling and they put it up there and they count to five oh. Mississippi's and oh. uh, they take it out. Uh, I That's can think intercourse. Of... <laughs> <laughs> I can think of so many other intrusive behaviors that I would gladly endure over this. This does not sound pleasant to me at all. It's not like, it's not for me. It wasn't like, it was not pleasant, but it wasn't like you, you know, you're, you're, getting a, a root canal at the dentist or anything. It wasn't like painful. Right. It was just right. uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. Awkward. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like I've been going in for physio and I've been having some very awkward experiences, right? With, oh. you know, different nerve stretchings, etc. right? That are like, I didn't know that was there and that could hurt for so long the way it is right now, right? Mm-hmm. That's an inside unusual discomfort because, you know, the knee bone's connected to the shin bone, right? It's everything is all like interplaying with it. But this notion of a swab going down the, like up my nose, and then I'm guessing kind of the back of your throat. Is that where they're targeting? Like the back of your, like an upper back? Or I don't know. I, I don't know. What's I just, even in there? What's in I there? I didn't know my nostril went that far into my body. That's that's what I learned today. Is it true though? It's not true, right? This, you can't access your brain from your nose. Like you can access it, but there's no like direct, like there's got to be some sort of membrane between the two, right? If you're actually asking, I, I have no idea. Well, I know in the mummification process, <laughs> this is how they would extrude, you know, the brain. They would go through the nose and they, they would take out the brain through the nose. So you I think there's a lot it. more in there than we give it credit for. There's got to be. I mean, I'm walking around sniffing stuff. You can't be telling me that's hitting my front. I think we should look this up. I think this is, a, this is something people, we're learning a lot today. Right. And I learned that I could put wasabi up my nose and it doesn't feel good. Ugh, of course it wouldn't. And then yeah. you go back outside and it's sunny and it's kind of like, you know, you've been in the bar all night, one of those nights and it's, you go out and it, the sun's up and you're just like, oh, and your eyes are a bit fuzzy. You're kidding. And, you know? So there's like this long lingering effect afterwards? I would say like a, a minute. After a minute, I was probably, it took me a minute to collect myself, but it was okay. But that minute was, it was a, a long little, minute. Uh, a long minute. Okay. Well, good luck. You know, I, I know that you've been uh, vigilant, so I don't imagine that you have. No, I think it's fine. You're but, not uh, displaying any symptoms, but like no. we, we, we've had conversations about, you know, going to the beach, right? Let's, let's go down to, you know, Costa Rica or something for a couple of weeks. And you have to get a test within 14 days, I think, of, of leaving. Right. Uh, you don't, I, th- I don't believe like in some places you have to self-quarantine anymore. Some you do, some you don't. It's, it's everywhere. It's different. But the, the notion of getting that done and then the reward of, of, you know, bodyboarding on the beach at the end of it kind of balanced it out. But are you finding like, okay, this is worth it for the visit? You know, it's like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Like, okay. All right. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. It's five seconds of your life plus, the, you know, the, whatever the wait in line is. And it was probably longer today because today is Sunday and some of the places are closed on the weekends, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good thing to do. This kind of this irony of waiting in line with lots of people to see if you all have it during a pandemic. But- I don't follow a lot of the news, but I understand like in the in the West Coast, in Vancouver, they have like a swirl gargle spit test for kids these days. And I, mm. under- I also understand there's rapid tests that are not approved by Health Canada yet, um, which is, I mean, gosh, isn't that the, that's the holy grail at this stage. If we can get rapid testing done, I uh, mm-hmm. know within, you know, six hours, whether or not we have this, we can start making decisions because trace contact tracing, forget about it. Canada is not even going to do it. We can't, we just, they, no, I don't know what, well, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know why they're not doing this, but you're not going to get everyone it. on board. So it's not going to work basically. Well, you need a rapid test. I think that's the key, right? And I'm sure they're, they're working on it. I've, I've heard, seen on the news a couple of things similar to that idea. I don't, but they're not out yet, but that, that, that would solve, solve everything. And, you know, as I was in the line, I was thinking, and I, I don't know if this is possible, but with schools back and who knows how long they'll remain back, but we've heard, or I've heard in Ontario that each school or most schools have a nurse in the school now during class time. And 
I was thinking of what 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 are they doing in there? And I, but why? I wonder why can't kids get tested at school? Tests can be delivered there, and maybe the lines would be shorter or more effective in the in the other centers. And maybe the results need to be you know delivered to the hospital or test center. But I thought, well, maybe not every day, but once a week or whatever whatever routine they're going to go through with this. If they're having a nurse in schools anyway, maybe it'd be easier to test kids at school. Perhaps I'm showing my age, but I, when I went to school, uh, cars were made of iron and there was a school nurse mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time at the school. There was a nurse like that worked there. So, you know, whatever happened, all your boo-boos, right. there's a nurse, right? I got an upset tummy or well, I'm, you know, feeling sad or whatever the case may be. Uh, those were <laughs> usually the two that I had. Uh, you'd go see the nurse. But uh, I guess now it's novel that there is one arriving in schools. And here in Quebec, it's the same as it is in Toronto. Like Montreal and Toronto are still kind of the two hot spots. Makes sense. They're population yeah. centers. Um, but I, I was just thinking, you know, it's, it's really hard in, in these school scenarios to balance the, I think, the need for kids to have this, this social and educational experience because I think it's critical. Right. I think we're getting to a place pre-second wave that, you know, the, the kids aren't going to be all right. I'm not talking about, oh, you don't understand this part of math anymore. I'm talking about like the kids aren't going to be all right. We're, we're carving out a big segment of their lives. But mm-hmm. by the same token, you know, like we think about, I, I think about the kids in England during World War II that were rounded up and sent to the countryside for mm-hmm. long periods of time. Mommy and dad, you're going to stay here and go to work and hopefully not die. And you're going to go stay with these people in the country mm-hmm. so that you can keep living a quote unquote normal kid's life. Right. You know, so I think it's like, oh, now you have to stay home and take Zoom classes and play with your iPad for a little bit. And let's try and take as many walks as possible. And we're having conversations about the deep psychological damage, you know, potentially. I, I'm curious how much of the the psychological damage might have been measured of those kids during you know global war <laughs> like where they're, they're taken <laughs> from their parents and sent to the country for years like i don't know maybe, yeah. maybe maybe it's because we're being maybe we're babies maybe we're babies about this stuff right we're not really asked to it's not a big ask stay home you know no <laughs> it's, it's in, in 2020 or whatever year it is no it's not a it's not a big ask to stay i mean it's easy to stay home but it's, it is like it's balance is always hard what is the social element that we can allow ourselves to do and and i don't know i don't have an answer to that in schools i hope i hope everything works out and i hope they're able to to stay in there and and whatever the case may be and if alternate you know they go twice a week twice a week is better than once a week and once a week is better than none so whatever they need to do to figure that out the kids need to be around other people and staying home with mom and dad for a month is fine but this is not close to over so no, two years is not a sustainable period of time, for, mm-hmm. especially parents who are likely trying to work and are not uh, trained or equipped for homeschooling. And it may right. be in some cases uh, to not have ever spent that much time with their kids, save the summer, right? Like right. They just, they, this is the longest <laughs> I've ever actually been around my children and they're a lot. <laughs> so I, I can imagine that there, there's so many factors here at play, right? And we're seeing in Montreal as we go into, I think we're going to, I think we went orange today in Montreal. We didn't hear where I am 
we're green. We have colors for different regions. Based I was going to ask. I don't know what level that is. Okay. It's, uh, it's some sort of severity thing. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what does it mean? There are measures taken in each of the different regions depending on the severity. And then as well, there are increased fines because we all know that punishment is the best way to get people to not do stuff, right? Of course. Anywho. So it means that they're, they're closing bars earlier. Oh, okay. okay earlier so you got to stop drinking by 12 i think and go home i don't know i just drink at home so what do i know the but again here here's a here's an interesting idea that i think a lot of uh, you know bar owners are saying all right send them home at 11 30 what are they going to do i was i was young once what, what would you do i would go home with my friends it's like, i was going to my house and let's take these fucking masks off right and just party and it's like they're arguably safer there in the bar put them in an uber send them home where it's at least being monitored than these private parties and stuff, which seems to be the source of a lot of the, the outbreaks. Seems to be, although it could be really, it could be anywhere. But I mean, it's, it's, it's prohibition all over again. Like if you, just because you make something illegal or not allowed to do it, doesn't mean people will stop doing it. They'll just find another way to do it. Yeah, so it's going to go underground. How can we get cooperation, right? I wonder too, if these private parties are the source, you know, because I'm no, I'm no tinfoil hat conspiracy theory guy, but it's like, gosh, we got a lot of planes coming in. And guess where a lot of those planes come in? They come in Montreal and Toronto. There's a lot of people coming to this country from other places. And I'm not talking like, like you know, go home immigrants. What I'm talking about is people traveling <laughs> unnecessarily in and out of the country, uh, you know, bringing what they bring with them. And it's like mm-hmm. the last thing that the government's going to say to you, and again, here's the tinfoil hat for you. They're not going to be like, well, we're having a problem with bringing in all these people. It's like international travel is an issue. No, they're going to say, you know, private parties, stop it. You kids, come on. We got to do this right. You I know? think there's something to it, but I agree. I think if you have a private party, you have a, some people over in your backyard, you, you're likely to know those people. They're not going to be strangers. Right. And when you get on a plane, how many times do you know someone on the plane? Basically zero, right? You never know, you know. So not that- just, It's a whole new bubble. It's a whole new bubble. I'm not saying that everyone should have a party, but I, you know, I think having people over for drinks is probably more or less okay. Maybe don't make a habit of it every day, but there, this is nuanced and there's layers to it. And there's, yeah, I think you just as individuals have to be responsible and just everyone knows what's going on. And try and make smart decisions, and sometimes that's hard. But I follow on Twitter one of your uh, Toronto natives, Isaac Bogosh. Oh, and yeah. he, he's a bit of a TV whore. He's he's on all the TVs. But uh, his Twitter's fantastic because he's one of the most well-informed infectious disease specialists in the country. And what he speaks well of is um, how to parse the data to make sense of it as people. And then what are the individual responsibilities of people in this scenario and what we can do? Uh, what risks can we mitigate? What is not risky? You know, he was the first guy to say, you probably don't need to wipe your groceries down. <laughs> you know, right. remember when we were afraid of our groceries? We were all like, you know, groceries are going to come in. We're all going to die. Yep. We had, we had three zones. I don't know if I were told, I, we had three zones. I got a big table from Costco and I put it downstairs <laughs> and I bought red, yellow, and green tape. And then something came in the house and it would go into the red zone. Right. And then the next day I would go down and move stuff from the red zone to the yellow zone and then the yellow zone to the green zone. So 72 hours, this has, you know, the fomites (laughs) (laughs) have have dissipated or died or the coronavirus is fine. But yet we would still take those groceries upstairs and wipe them down. We'd have a bin of soapy water and a bin of water and there'd be Lysol wipes and everything. We're wiping groceries down like nutters. 
mm-hmm. gutters and Isaac Bogosh on Twitter is like, you probably don't need to do that. <laughs> that's like, this is not, it just gets not grouped it. into like just general hygiene of, you know, fruits and vegetables just get washed before you eat them just like normal. And maybe you right. wash them a few seconds more than you would normally. And I get like washing your hands and bathing and all these things are good habits in general. So, you know, you probably shouldn't be licking the the pole on the public transit system, you know? <laughs> so don't do that. You no, know? Um, no. Making light feeling, of it. But... How are you feeling going into the fall now? Because like, I, I, I don't know where you're at. I, I, I kind of, I don't know what it's like. You're in the core. Like you're right in the middle of it all down there. I honestly don't don't know how to feel, to be quite honest with you. Like it's been a good summer. The numbers have been pretty good. You know, I felt pretty calm kind of moving around outside still haven't gone to a restaurant or anything on the anything on the inside no bars nothing like that i'm like you like like to drink at home um (laughs) and now you know in toronto we're up to what are we up to now about over 400 cases a day now yeah um but it's it's hard to understand what that means at the same time um so i i don't think anything is going to change for me like i'm still not I'm not certainly going to more places now. I'm probably going to a few less. We're probably going to the grocery store a little bit less, doing more bulk shopping. But you know, it's it's hard it's hard to to figure out what what's going to happen. And I don't have kids. I'm not a teacher in the public school system. I'm not in that. I would I would definitely feel a lot different if I were. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't I don't really know what's you know. There's all this talk of maybe they'll lock it down again maybe they'll keep it going maybe this will change that change back to phase one two whatever it is um mm. we'll see but i guess we don't really know the one thing that seems different is i think this is true most of the deaths that we've accrued in ontario or i guess in canada mostly from the spring were in, in long-term care and that seems to be more or less sorted now where those most vulnerable people are not becoming infected and most of the infections now are I think they're saying it's under people under 40, which doesn't necessarily make it good. But if they're not quote unquote vulnerable, we don't know who has underlying illnesses and all that kind of stuff. But. I was watching some trend lines though here in Canada and the young folks that are getting it, the youths are getting it. And then right behind it are the elderly, right? So there's, okay. there's always this kind of follow on of an upward curve of elderly folks getting it. Um, I was listening to the, the CBC in the car today on the way in the city as I do. Um, and it, there was a great uh, podcast and it, they were interviewing combinations of COVID survivors, uh, you know, research specialists, that kind of thing. And it was well done, very super well constructed. And uh, again, listening to some of the folks who contracted the disease and ended up being hospitalized, you, you're reminded very quickly of one, you really don't want to get this. You really no. don't. This is not pleasant. Like, yes, you may survive, but... I this... don't think death is the right measure for this. Like, that's obviously the most obvious one. But there are, you know, obviously mild cases, but there are really well, terrible sure. symptoms to this. Like, I could shoot you in the stomach and you would live for several days in some <laughs> cases. So, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like, well, I'll get, I guess shoot me in the stomach. Who cares, right? It's no, this is going to really <laughs> suck for a long time. And, you know, the, the several months often of, of recovery are, are slow. And who knows what the, the neurological damage that this could do is. Right. But it's, again, the reminder that it's like once you get so sick that you need to be hospitalized, don't forget the whole point was there may not be a bed for you. 
if mm-hmm. you get that sick, if too many of us get sick at once. I think, I think again, that messaging's lost. It's like, why are we doing this? It's because if we all get sick at the same time, you're all going to die at home. No one can treat you. Yes, it's treatable right. if you can get treatment. But if we all die at home, nobody can come to your house. There's no like Uber doctor who's going to show up and say, take care of you. Right. <laughs> and I guess, I guess that is what I'm feeling. I mean, that's, it seems more and more obvious every day that this, the, the end game here is a vaccine and that's it. That's, that's the full stop because it seems like until there is one, we'll just, the numbers will go up for a little bit. They'll go down for a little bit. It'll be okay. It won't be okay. Businesses will open, they'll close, but we'll still be playing this kind of cat and mouse big cat and mouse game for for until there there's a vaccine for it or if well i think that in concert with effective treatment you know that's the other is they're getting better now in icus of taking care of this right initially mm-hmm. it's like oh well i don't know right <laughs> I'm, I'm not suggesting doctors like oh i don't know <laughs> but they're <laughs> certainly sharing information to a degree that they're better able to treat patients than they ever have before well and medicine works when there's precedent like right. i tried this and it worked in april we didn't have that so. exactly so again you know there's treatment paths that are showing great promise that have been used for other things like lupus. So they're, you know, they're starting to integrate some of these and they're getting some results and they're finding, hey, we can actually maybe get in early if you're diagnosed and we'll be able to treat you so that the, the infection itself isn't going to be as severe. So I think a combination of that and the distancing measures and eventually the vaccine that Donald Trump is promising is, is going to lead to uh, some sort of normalization, but let's be real. We're not talking about that until like this time next year, we might go to a concert. Right. Right. I mean, I'm God bless everyone that I'm watching on TV. That's in the U S and they're at the NFL games today and they're at college football games and whatever. 0% chance. I'm, I'm not on that level. Like there's 0% chance. I'm, I'm not even going to a restaurant. Like I'm still getting takeout patio season basically is over now it's pretty cold um and i don't have any desire i I do miss like we've talked about this i do miss having people over for dinner and going to your house and other people's houses for dinner but that's not something that i'm willing to contract this for you know you know we were saying in the car today i was listening to depeche mode and i'm like Mm. man uh i regret this is this is this is my covid regret i regret my office was right across the street from the bell center and I would walk out of there every week, Thursday, Friday, whatever. Somebody's playing right across the street. Scalper's got tickets. You can go in. And it, like, it, Depeche Mode's in town, Queen's in town, Pink's in town. It's like, oh, it's like, ah, you know what? <laughs> Skip it. Skip it. Now I'm like, damn, I'm yeah. like, I could have, you know, now I yeah, want I to. <laughs> can't. Same uh, last year. I remember there was two. Elton John was here in Toronto and the, the Stones, the Rolling Stones were here. And they were really expensive tickets. And I said, ah, nah. But now yeah. I'm just like, it's an experience that, you know, those dudes are going to die. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're up there. And then how long, how often, and they might, it's very plausible. They'll never come back to her anywhere, but let alone here. So yeah, I, I, that's my COVID regret. I, I posit though, my, my COVID regret is multifactorial. We currently have larger savings accounts traditionally than ever before, right? So it's a lot easier to sit here and say, wow, I can go see that concert. I would do this and I would do that. It's totally different when your checking is down to like six bucks, 
<clears throat> and you know, and it's like, I don't get paid for another week. And then the stones are in town. It's like, well, okay, I'll throw it on the credit card. I don't know when I'm going to pay that back. Like, I think that's one like consideration. It's like these <laughs> concerts aren't cheap. Right. But now I think no. we're craving this social interaction and shared experience so much that we would gladly drain that savings account to, to go see the stones play. And that's why I think it's important that kids get some sort of social something, something, because as yeah. adults, we can, you know, we have that autonomy to make that illogical decision to go to a restaurant if we wanted to. No one's, my mom's not going to call me and say, don't do that. And I could still do it. Right. But right. if you're a kid, you can't. And, you know, we've seen the NHL is finishing, the NBA is finishing, all the, the guys who have been eliminated from those bubbles in Edmonton, Toronto, and Disney World. And they're talking about how, how tough it was just being in there. Guys who are married, guys who have kids, can't see anybody. Yeah, they love basketball, but but and they're 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 mature humans, human beings, and they're not they're not kids developing. So it's it's a tough tough scenario. Yeah, the story of doctors who live in the garage because <laughs> they can't hang out with their family right now because they're they're on the COVID unit. So so there's different sacrifices. I mean, there's people going who don't work in medical fields and have a little bit more like us and we have a little more liberty and freedom to kind of do those things, but there are bigger sacrifices being made for sure. And we'll continue. It's curious. Cause I, I think today I bought a washer and dryer from a, you know, a seemingly 80 something year old man, um, from France who lives in Tunisia and now works at home Depot. And he's mm. a lovely man. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, man, what has this guy been through? Right. And what does he think about us? For for those of us who uh, who might find some occasion to complain during this, I wonder what I wonder what folks like him think, who uh, you know left France and lived in South Africa and then probably, mm-hmm. probably saw some stuff in Tunisia, and uh, you know <laughs> moved stuff here and there. <laughs> we had the FLQ in Quebec. I mean, there's just stuff. There's like real it's stuff. always good to reflect on a little bit of perspective and get it out of our own pardon the pun our own bubble from time to time. Because, you know, the news is good at stuff and they've been pulling these pretty old people who lived through this, the Spanish flu, mm-hmm. were alive, like we were super young and they're still alive now. And they've kind of been interviewed. They find it very fascinating. And people have been sharing pictures on Twitter of, there was a picture I saw, I think it was yesterday, of Georgia Tech was playing football, college football. And there was a picture of a couple of people in the stands there. And then there were people at the Georgia Tech game in 19... 19- 17 whoa at the georgia tech football game (laughs) and it's interesting and 1917 guys you know full suits hats masks on really in georgia in 1917 Uh (laughs) (laughs) it is it is interesting uh historical information that that we're going down this path it's it's i find it interesting all right well i'm Corey, and this is woody and this has been the ISOCast. And I got swabbed.